This is the Property Lounge, Episode 3. I'm Stephen Cray, and with me is the Director of Suburban Plus, which is a residential buyer's agency for investors and first-home buyers, Mr Paul Merritt. Welcome. Stephen, Episode 3. Here we are. Can you believe we made it? We've made it so far. No one's kicked us off, so it's great. <laughs> We'd have to kick ourselves off. Yeah, exactly right. For that to happen. Mate, we wanted to talk about a whole lot of things today regarding to the pro- uh, re- relating to the property market. Um, whether it be house and land, whether it be um, vacancy rates, interest rates, all sorts of stuff. I thought we'd start with uh, with interest rates this week and, uh, and maybe the effect that the federal election might be having on interest rates. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Uh, interest rates. Uh, we've had a glorious run with interest rates over the last couple of years. The uh, Reserve Bank has uh, kept the, the rate low and dropped it over the last couple of years, and uh, it's, I think it's sitting at 0.1%, just historically low. And I I go back to the day when I bought my first house many, many, many years ago, and I, I think my interest rate was 11%, and I thought I was doing really well because it had come down from 17%, mm-hmm. I think, the year before that. So it's quite bizarre where it sits at the moment, and I think variable rates through uh, most institutions are, are, are sitting between – Two to four percent depends on who you are and where you're getting it from. So uh, there's there's been a bit of chatter lately about where interest rates are going. Uh, there's talk of it going up, and uh, reading a, a few different documents and listening to people as I do uh, each week, wondering where and what's going to happen with interest rates. I mean, and the first thing is that we've got a federal election coming next year, so I don't see anything happening before that. They generally don't. It generally happens afterwards. Um, I remember John Howard a few years back, uh, before the election that he lost to Kevin Rudd, there was an interest rate hike leading into the election. It was one of the first times that had ever happened, and it was uh, obviously disastrous yeah, his, for him. History shows that <laughs> what, why, why you shouldn't do that. But the Reserve Bank being independent, really, it's not a political thing. It was just a coincidental thing. It was a mechanism that needed to happen, correct? Well, I mean, uh, depends who you talk to. <laughs> As a home buyer, you, you don't want to see that go up at all. And we talked about it, I think, last episode where the um, APRA, uh, who uh, monitor the um, you know, home loan assessments, they increased their buffers from 25 to 3%, and we talked about that last time. And so the question is when, if any time, are the interest rates going to go up? Um, there's talk that at the back half of 2022, after the election, there might be some uh, rate rises, uh, and maybe um, in 2023. But a lot of people are talking about the fact that it probably will start really coming into play in 2024. So I think you'll probably see after the election, leading through uh, the back half of next year into the, the new year of 2023, we'll probably see bits and pieces of interest rates going up, and and there might be a little bit more going into 2024. They're talking about it going from um, 0.1 of a percent up to three percent, you know, which means the banks are probably charging five percent, six percent. So something to watch, I think, uh, because when we talked about uh, people borrowing money um, in more recent times and and the bank assessing them at a higher level, that hopefully will keep them in play for the time being, and we're not going to see any distressed properties. Um, for the next couple of years, hopefully that's the case. Surely there's going to be a lot, though. If interest rates go to four or five, six percent, I mean, I, I've just locked a couple of uh, a couple of loans in at, at just over two percent for the next two years. I'm hoping to get another round of of fixed 
uh, fixed terms before any major increases, but with the prices that people are paying for property at the moment, you would have to think that some of them are at their limits. It's probably two things. It's uh, the property that pe- properties that people are buying right now, so the higher ones, and um, we've we've seen some extraordinary prices, record prices for suburbs. But there's also two the people um, uh, where they are buying multiple properties if they're investors and making sure that they are not going to get caught out and having to fire sale one or two properties just to get back on track again. So how are they how are they foolproofing themselves? Fixing interest rates for five years? Well, I think they need to probably do an assessment with their broker or a broker because they need to make sure that they are gearing themselves for the next couple of years. Fixing it right now is probably not a bad idea, but if you can get longer because some of the banks are actually increasing those rates now. Yeah, they are. So it's probably time to have a good look at that. Okay, and even though they have built in, as we discussed last episode, there is a margin that the banks uh, add as a as a factor. So you know, if you're borrowing at two percent, they 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 factor the loan at two and a half percent, or five, assess you, don't they? Well, well five percent, they they assess you three points higher. Three uh, points higher. Yeah, that's the APRA. I mean, that that's the APRA's recommendation. That's up to the bank whether they do it less or even more. Um, so people just need. I, I think it's time people should reassess where they're at in life. So if timing is everything with interest rates, is, is timing one of the keys to you know, all property transactions? You could, is that a legitimate question? It is a very legitimate question and I'll, I'll pick on Gladstone because uh, in one of my uh, – or our earlier episodes, people, uh, the feedback I got from people was that I was a bit harsh on Gladstone and, and for the record, what I was saying was that people who had previously bought in Gladstone probably wouldn't buy there again because they got caught up in the mining boom, paid um, at the premium price and they got caught out. But I I did some more investigations on Gladstone myself because I like to understand what's happening in the property market and in in the micro markets. And Gladstone actually is, is looking solid again. And I was talking to uh, a local agent up there who has been in that industry for 20 odd years now and he was saying that in the last 12 to 18 months property prices have gone up 20 percent now let's just uh, qualify that for a minute in the height of the mining boom uh, a house and land package uh, was selling for 550 and when all that went pear-shaped that dropped back to about 350 but those prices now uh, are up at 420 so they're 20% up from um, the low, not quite up to the level and may not get there for a while, but at least there's some um, activity going on there. And he's saying investors are back too in Gladstone. And one of the funny things he said to me was that some of the people he talks to, that he, that he has talked to, didn't even know what where Gladstone was or anything about Gladstone. So, which is quite unique because uh, these are new investors into the marketplace they're interested in Gladstone because Gladstone uh, is a low price point compared to even Brisbane um, and other places. The vacancy rate we talked about last week has dropped from 12.3% down to 1.5%. So there's there's some good things going on with Gladstone. We talked about the hydrogen plant uh, in an early episode. That's obviously job creation. 
so that's that's what's happening with housing. Land's probably um, hasn't bounced back as well, uh, but it has bounced back. Land uh, you could have bought there in the height of the boom at two eighty, that dropped down to a hundred, so it was a real drop. That's back to about one forty. So land land still is a bit of an oversupply, whereas housing. He, he's saying to me that there is a shortage. So Gladstone um, is looking good. Places like Gladstone uh, are on the map because of guys like you who have businesses like Suburban Plus. I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? We're talking about Gladstone, not because it's this magnificent place that everyone loves to visit, and and it's a lovely place. I've been there plenty of times. But because it may well be a fantastic investment opportunity. So that's that's what you do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I I deal with both first home buyers and investors. So first home buyers exist in every town. And so it's a matter of knowing what's um, what's happening in the marketplace price-wise to make sure that they're uh, not overcapitalizing and they're, they're going into the right areas. From an investment point of view, we obviously look at things like vacancy rate and uh, we look at things like rental yields and rental yields in Gladstone currently sit at 4.9%. Now, as an investor, um, generally house and land packages sit around about that 4.5%. Uh, some people look at things like dual keys and duplexes, which can take you over to 5%, up to 6%. So at 4.9% for house and land, uh, it's sitting pretty pretty good. Speaking of rental yield, let's talk about the, the connection or the correlation, I suppose, between vacancy rate and rental yield. Yeah, we touched on vacancy rate last episode. Uh, vacancy rate, uh, just to recap, uh, people look at below 2% for vacancy rate, when certainly when they're considering a, an investment property. Uh, rental yields are uh, something else they uh, an investor would certainly look at, as I just touched on, 4.5% to 5% uh, is, is where people would be looking at for house and land, and it can be higher for a dual key or a dual lock or a co-living property. But just like I did last uh, time when I looked at vacancy rates, I've looked at some areas uh, for rental yields just to see where they're tracking. And uh, the and I looked at uh, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Brisbane, and I even looked at Townsville as well. And everyone seems to be floating around that four point five percent, which is great. Um, the one that was a little bit lower was uh, the area of four five five one, which is um, is Caloundra, but also picks up the massive project up there called Aura. That's actually sitting a bit below four percent, and. I would suggest that that is to do with the fact that they've had um, a lot of price growth there and, and the rents are increasing. The, the vacancy rate there was low. I think it was 0.5% or 0.4%, so it was low. Uh, so the so the, the rental um, um, amount is still chasing that price growth. So they're sitting about 3.8%. So I would consider that's going to get higher as the rents catch up with that. But everywhere else, um, you know, in uh, North Brisbane, North Lakes was sitting at 4.4%. In the west, Springfield was sitting at 4.3%. In the south, Yarrabilba, 4.6%. Coomera was good, 4.8%. And then places like Townsville, um, I've had uh, some dealings in Townsville, both uh, with the first-home buyer and the investment market, and Townsville sitting at 4.9% rental yield. So that's a good story as well. I've heard during the week or read in the paper during the week that Townsville is still one of the best regions to buy in Australia for for the price increases haven't been as high as they have been in regional areas elsewhere. Townsville is a very solid market. Um, it's obviously a military town. You've got a, you know, the largest uh, military base in I think the southern hemisphere. It's it's quite a massive base. Um, you know, the Americans come in and train there as well um, once a year or twice a year. Uh, they've they've got 
um, connections to the mining industry. They've got connections to tourism. And so Townsville's always been very strong. A lot of government services too in Townsville. Government services as well. I think um, your mate Clive Palmer's up there as well. <laughs> Is he your mate? Well, I've, I haven't met him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't despise everything about his politics, but he's certainly a big mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he certainly is. So um, Townsville is... is um, it's quite a. It always has been a um, a solid market. It, it it's never a, uh, like a star performer. It's just it is just a solid performer, always consistent. So there seems to be a, a natural range, you know, between four point three four point nine percent when you talk rental yields. Is that is that as as it sounds? Just it naturally settles itself into into that range, or are there other factors contributing to it? At the end of the day, rental yield is based on your rent against your price and that's the percentage it's, there's no other formula to it so the higher the price the lower the rental yield generally unless the, the rents catch up that, correct which is what you're saying has happened at aura there's been some great price rises but the rents haven't caught up yet yeah but that but they're ch- they are chasing hard yep because sure. the vacancy rate there is quite low okay so let's talk about progress on some major infrastructure projects yeah well the one that i've been reading about uh, lately Stephen, is uh, the coomera connector which okay. is the Second M1 that they're going to be building from Logan home. It's ex- it's the extension of the Logan motorway, and that'll go right back down to Narang. So they're going to be doing it in two stages. The first stage actually is on the Gold Coast leg, so that's Narang up to Coomera. It's about um, 16 kilometres. Uh, they've gone through all the um, um, business studies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're talking about uh, pre-construction um, now and planning to start that construction in the back half of uh, 2022. So we're about a year away from that starting, with it progressively opening uh, from 2024. The second stage, which will be the Coomera up to Logan Home, that's about 29 kilometres. The whole project's about 1.5 billion, so it's a pretty big investment. And and it's funny because uh, you've got the Sunshine Coast motorway, which is two lanes each way um, at the moment. The M1's four lanes each way, but this is uh, – th- obviously, that's, that's the busy leg. It's just opened a new section in the last, uh, in the last month or so, which is making things a lot better. That's uh, right. Heading northbound on the, on the M1. That's correct, yeah. So all, all that sort of stuff is, is, is great for progress and, um, and infrastructure creates jobs, which is uh, currently a big thing here in southeast Queensland. There's, we've talked about it before many a time, $50 billion worth of infrastructure that does not include the Coomera Connector. So um, yeah, watch the, watch this space uh, for a, a new highway coming. It's it's going to be built on the eastern side uh, of the M1. Um, so the train line sort of is in in, in the middle of all that. So uh, yeah, I think it's going to be good for the Gold Coast as well because Gold Coast, uh, um, the northern Gold Coast, is lacking land that hopefully will open up some more land opportunities for uh, uh, the market and. Progress is good. seems to me that when it comes to infrastructure projects, particularly highways and railway lines, by the time these things have been planned, funded and built, they're already out of date. Why don't they go, right, instead of a two-lane extension, we're building a six-lane extension to the M1 because we know we will need it. Is that, uh, is that we don't want too many cars going down there? Or, of course, it's a, it's a cost thing. That's, that's, a natural, uh, that's a natural way of looking at it. But... Is there is there a lack of 
uh, foresight or is it just price? Well, firstly, Stephen, if, if you were running for politics, I certainly would vote for you. No, there's, that, yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> Mate, let me assure you that will never happen. There's a thing called skeletons <laughs> yes. in one's cupboard. Cupboard, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> you, you look, um, cost is a, is a thing uh, always with, with government. You, you don't really know what's necessarily going on behind the scenes. Um, but you're right. I mean, when, they, when these things get built... There's cars on them straight away, and and even I'll pick on the uh, the inner city tunnels. I think initially people were a little bit hesitant to drive them because it was a toll. And uh, I mean, I, I was straight in there. You know, I, I love them, and but I, ne- I don't do a, I do a trip to the coast once a week. Yeah. I I never don't use the tunnel. Yeah, right. It's yeah. just become that's the route. That's the route. That's right. And but now it's it's um, used by everybody. Um, is it profitable yet? Do we know? Uh, no, maybe I'll have a look at that for a future episode. But um, so that sort of, you know, I, I was just thinking about the other day, all the things that have happened road-wise since I've had my driver's licence, which is probably about 1987, 88. You know, the Gateway Arterial opened um, and they've since built a second bridge, uh, the Logan Motorway. I was at the opening of the first bridge. Were you? They did a giant minty drop. A helicopter dropped thousands of minties, and you should have seen everyone scurrying like rats. What, what was the reason for minties dropping on the gateway arterial? Oh, it was just uh, it was just it's a, gimmick. You know, a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Right. we're walking along the gateway bridge on opening day. Yep, and uh, here come the minties. I've run up that bridge to, with the, uh, the the bridge to uh, Brisbane run. It's it's a, it's a steep run. It is a steep run. Sorry, uh, mate. Go on. Yeah. So uh, Logan Motorway, uh, obviously the tunnels. So um, the progress of roads i think obviously will never stop uh, what they do after this road and um the upgrade to the sunshine coast highway and there's a second highway coming through caboolture west we talked about a previous episode after that i'm not sure what they do but um they'll always have to keep doing it certainly the sunny coast seems to be lacking proportionately doesn't it i mean it just doesn't get the attention it doesn't have the numbers or the volumes of traffic but it's it obviously is not the same population base as the Gold Coast, but the, the one of the things uh, that needs to be taken into consideration, which I'm sure they've done, is that you've got Aura and Harmony as the two major projects up there that are going to deliver uh, something like 50 to, a, or it might even be more than that, 100 or 1,000 people to that region. And some of those people will probably work in Brisbane or North Brisbane. And so that road needs... Uh, upgrade and look, and they're doing bits and pieces like the the clown to turn off has now been done. They're doing a bit through um, uh, obviously through Caboolture, they'll build that second highway, but yeah, uh, they need to do what they did with the Gold Coast Highway and just get in there and start building four or six lanes both ways. Okay, well, let's get into this week's gem of the week. This is where you talk about what is it your, your big tip for the week, your advice for the week, I suppose, a little bit of Paul Merritt wisdom, if you will. Well, saying Paul Merritt and wisdom in the same sentence can be a bit scary, Stephen, but here we go. So last episode, we talked about near enough is good enough. And we in this market, it, it's a pretty fast market, and we just sometimes need to just get in the market. But I wanted- Ticking all the boxes all the time isn't the way to transacting in a hot market. If you'd be happy if you got most things right, yeah, that's that, the point. That that was the point, exactly right. So, what I wanted to talk about this week was the step before that, which is, are you ready? Now, I, it's not a question I necessarily ask people, but it's 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 basically what we're trying to achieve. 
And when you're buying a property, there is a certain amount of steps to take in getting there. When I first talk to clients, we don't talk about property first up. We talk about the first thing we do is we, we, we talk to each other, we meet each other, generally on a, a Zoom or a Skype call, because we want to make sure that you can work together. Because, you know, they, I want to make sure that they like me and I want to make sure I like them. Because if, if we're not going to gel, then maybe I'm not the right person for that client. But also, too, we talk about um, strategy, you know, where they are at in life and what they're trying to get out of life. Because, you know, I, I consider things like retirement and there's, there's never, um, a time in your life that you should not think about that, whether you're 50, 40, 30 or 20. You should always be planning for that, in my opinion. The next step from there is assessing their financial position. And part of that is looking at um, uh, what debts they might have. Is there, a, is there an opportunity to consolidate debts? Uh, looking at what their borrowing capacity is. And also too, especially if it's... Um, if they're an accountant, uh, if, if they're buying an investment property, discussing their, the opportunities with their accountant of what t- tax breaks they can get uh, against you know, their, their PAYG um, salary. We also talk about the the the, uh, the process. So the process is um, build, uh, a building con- what the building contract looks like, uh, how they would operate their investment portfolio, and but also to we also talk about the risk because there's always risk involved in buying property and I'm not afraid to talk about that because there are always risks. So we talk about that. After we've done all that, then we start talking about location and what because location is one thing but it's also about the right property within that location. What we're trying to achieve is someone following that process. The amount of times I've had people say to me, that's great, oh, by the way, I've found a property myself in this location. And my, in my um, opinion with those people is that why have you bought that? What is your strategy? What is your strategy after you've bought that if you have bought it already? Because sometimes that can make people stuck in if – if their goal is to keep buying investment properties or keep buying property, that can that – can, get them unstuck or stuck in that situation because they've, they just haven't thought about their strategy in the process. And that happens a lot. You know, the amount of times you talk to people about an area and then, the, and then they've gone off and done their research and said, oh, but I found this. And, and sometimes on uh, platforms like realestate.com, uh, some of the properties are either sold or they're price leaders, so they're not apples with apples with what you're talking about. Um, or they're or people just see the price, they go, "Oh, this is a real good one. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go and get it." So, we, we we try and work with the clients on the process so we can get to the right strategy for them. So it's not just about are you ready, being a are you a tire kicker. It's actually trying to understand or make the client understand or educate the client on not making an error, not making a crucial strategic error. That's right, um, because that can happen and. I've been an investor myself, Stephen, uh, for the last 20 years. I've made mistakes myself. I've, I've gone in and done things. Uh, in hindsight, I wouldn't have done now that I know what I know. And so passing on that wisdom to people is part of who I am uh, as a person and as a, a property mentor. Further to that, 
it's about also the the project management of the job. It's about property management. It's about insurance. It, we, we need to make sure that the the person buying the property has got all that covered. So, are you ready? Is is a long winded question, but with a good answer. It's a pretty important one, mate. Paul Merritt, director of Suburban Plus. Thanks for joining us here on the Property Lounge. See you next time. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. 